Well, this morning we're going to be sharing about our mission trip to Kentucky. Um, we went, uh, well, let's see, the 1st of August, been a month ago, been a month ago. Um, we went to Kentucky, and it's always important, I believe, to come back and share with you because of your partaking in what we did and your support that we come back and share what happened. So we're going to have the youth come up. Diana's going to, well, I don't know, Diana's coming up. Are the youth coming with you? Well, you're brave. No, no, and they're going to share, and then I'm going to share about um, the adult part of the trip. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. <laughs> okay, so uh, this is um, two out of the four youth that we took. Uh, this is Matthew, and this is Meadow. All right, so uh, so what we did, uh, talk about like our daily schedule. Oh, hang on, Meadow. Can you go get my schedule out of my Bible? Okay. So uh, every morning we would wake up at 7 and um, get them up, get them ready, and then from there we would do devotions. And devotions lasted probably about a half hour, and they had to be quiet. And that's really hard for teenagers to be quiet. So every morning we would do devotions. Um, They had, I didn't bring a a sample with me, but um, they had a book. So every morning they had a page that they had to do. Um, There it is. So they had a page that they had to do. This is the schedule I made for them. Fancy. (laughs) Okay. So uh, uh, devotions would start at 7.30. They had a page that they would have to do. There was uh, scriptures that they had to read, and then there were questions that they had to answer, uh, whether it was referring to uh, what they had just read and kind of to help them better understand what they read. Then after that, at 8 o'clock, we would have breakfast. Uh, And then from about 8.30 to 4 or 5, we would have work projects that we would do. Then it was dinner, and then their favorite time, free time. And then about 9 o'clock then, um, we would have what I called reflection. And I didn't do a lesson every single night, but two out of the four, two out of the three nights that we were there, I had a little mini Bible lesson for them, and they had a paper to fill out, because I like to give out homework. Um, So then we would have reflection. um, And then at the end of every evening, they had a time where they had to journal, they just they could write whatever they wanted in this journal, but I wanted them to write about their day. So they could write as detailed as they wanted to be, or uh, like Jeremy's, I peeked at Jeremy's journal. Uh, he put on one of the days, um, oh, what did you, he put that we rode in the van. That was what he put on his one of his days. We rode in the van. I'm <laughs> like, wow. So that they could go as extreme as, Every, list everything that they did from what they ate to we rode in the van. So, all right. No, it's not your turn yet. Okay. <laughs> no. So this is where we stayed. This is the building, and that's the bunkhouse that we stayed in. There's also a kitchen and a couple bedrooms in there, too. Let's see. This was the shed that we started to paint. Um, on um, let's see, we got down there Friday, Saturday. We started painting the shed, and we actually ran out of paint. Um, 
so uh, we had to go back to that project. But that's the start of it. Uh, a lot of our teenagers were between the ages of 12 to 13. So we had young, young ones. And we actually had to teach them how to paint. So this was a learning experience for them, the proper way to paint. You don't. Okay. So this is uh, so Matthew and Kirsten worked on one side, and then Meadow and Madison worked on the other side. And then I kind of hopped between both sides, being like, "Okay, are you doing your work? Are you doing this?" And then I'd be like, "Okay, we got to do this." And so I'd jump over to one side or the other. And I didn't take a picture of Jeremy, but Jeremy was on the actual working on the house, uh, painting the trim because he is very detailed. So he is a trim, trim kind of person. He wouldn't get paint on the house. All right, and so this was the end of the first day. We were almost finished. We still had the other side we had to do, plus the top there a little bit, and a little bit of the bottom. All right, and so then um, the other, then the next, uh, so the Monday, um, we had to clear out, they were getting ready to uh, finish their food pantry, because right now they have a clothing section for people to come and get clothes. Well, then they're going to add on a food pantry part to that. And so we had to clear out um, a little bit of the space so that the electricians that they had from the other um, mission team could come in and, and get the wires connected and all that good stuff. So, uh, And then they were also putting on a metal roof so we also had to carry some stuff, too, for them. But uh, there's the kids. Um, three out of the four are carrying that uh, board. I don't know the technical term for that board. And then, um, and then we made them go inside, and they were unloading some of the totes with all the clothes in it so that they could make room for the electrician to get through. And then we had free time. Um, after work... Uh, we got to go to this waterfall. It was really cold. <laughs> but you could climb up on top of those rocks and, and, jump, off. and jump off. So I, didn't get any, I don't think I got any pictures of them jumping off. But, <laughs> but you could go there and you could swim and jump off. But it was really fun, and they liked doing that. And then another night, we got to go up on a really bumpy ride up the mountain. <laughs> And uh, we were going up for a campfire and some s'mores and stuff. And uh, uh, then Nathan, who is that guy, uh, who runs Laurel Mission, he, uh, he's like, hey, why don't we go down over here and we're going to go see some wild horses. So we w- drove over a little ways, and he, all he had to do was kind of wrestle um, a little bit of a graham cracker bag, and these horses would just come running towards us. And so they were literally getting that close. One of them was eating um, the seatbelt that Jeremy was wearing. Uh, and then the kids would, like, get down and touch them and pet them, and then they thought that was really cool. <laughs> All right, and this was another favorite of uh, the youth's, youth's free time. They loved playing Gaga Ball. Anytime that we, we were done working, this is where you would find them, down at the Gaga, Gaga Ball Pit. I think that's all they did. <laughs> and then this is our whole group. There's Jeremy, Matthew, Kirsten, Meadow, Madison, and then myself. Um, and this was on the last day, and we all have our fancy matchy shirts on. So. 
except for Jeremy. Jeremy didn't want to be matchy-matchy with us. He's a party pooper. No, he didn't want one. All right, and another important person that played a part in our missions trip, Barb McDonald. Without her staying in our cabin, I mean, I probably could have made it, but without Barb staying in our cabin, we wouldn't have had delicious dinners. I bought all the food, but without Barb, we wouldn't have had to cook. I mean, I would have had to cook, but I didn't have to do dishes. So yay for Barb. Wait, is Barb here? Barb is not here. So I appreciated Barb being there because that just made things easier. It meant that I got to hang out with these guys. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> All right. And then I think I have my picture. Okay. So you might get to enjoy a little song. We'll see if, if she's willing to do it. Um, but on our way down to Kentucky, uh, I, I was, the, Jeremy let me drive the van. I was so excited. I got to drive it on like those really curvy roads. Matthew did not agree that I was a good driver. She is a great driver. Okay. Okay. Don't hit. I didn't hit him. I pushed him. Let me say something. Not yet. Okay. So uh, on our way, we were getting ready to go into like the really curvy roads. And as I'm driving the van, I look over and I can kind of see into Ron and Mary's van. And I'm like, I only see three heads. Where in the world is Mary? And I'm like, kind of getting worried. I'm like, where'd Mary go? And I asked Jeremy, and I'm like, did Mary, did Ron forget Mary back at that last gas station? <laughs> and then we get about halfway through the curvy roads and whatever, and then I see her head pop. I was like, oh, good, there she is. <laughs> they didn't forget her. And then anyways, so then the rest of the time, the kids made up a song. And they sang this song nonstop. And as long as Meadow sings it nicely, you get a sample. <laughs> So, I'm not going to sing this song, okay, because it's too embarrassing, but I will tell the story of the song. So, as Diana said, Mary went missing, okay? Like, we were pretty sure Ron, like, hated her and then, like, left her there (laughs) at the pilot gas station in Kentucky. So, me and Madison were like, where did Mary go? And then I started to drum out like a boom, okay? And then we started singing. It was a cover of the song by Eminem, what you call it, right? <laughs> that's what it's called. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> yeah, that's the story of how Mary went missing. But we're glad she's back, right, Mary? Right. Yeah. So, anyways, this is just a funny picture of um, the picture of uh, the kids like looking for Mary, and we found her. We're good. All right, now it's Ron's turn. <laughs> Just push that. This one? Yeah, okay. Okay. Okay, you can sit down now. I don't need your help, Metal. I can do this by myself. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we... Uh, yeah, we had a good time. You know, a lot of a lot of what happens. There's a lot of things happen in a mission trip that you don't all get to see, and a lot of it is just doing life together. Um, I think it was said that I I think I'm right, but Diana said that one of the things the kids really enjoyed was the organized day. You know that things were organized. There was 
It was things set in order, that things were orderly. They liked that. So so when we got there, um, you know, we had we had got the purchased two golf carts. This is the golf cart we gave to uh, Living Waters. Living Waters is where the adults stayed. Connie does the mission to elderly and disabled people in the area. Okay, the other mission is geared more towards youth and youth camps and work projects. Um, so this is the golf cart that uh, we gave to Connie so she can get around the mission there. And she wasn't really, at first, I didn't think she was real sure, like, well, I mean, she didn't know it was coming. And at first it was like, well, I don't you know, well, thank you, that's nice. And But then about two days later she says, you know, that's really handy. Because she has quite a walk down to the mission, and it's on hills. She says, you know, I took the sweeper down there. She says, I didn't have to carry it down. And uh, so she was she was starting to see the value of the golf cart. So, so they were just really blessed and uh, surprised. To, oops, see there, I went too fast. Um, now this is the other golf cart we took to Nathan at the where the youth are, and we took them a golf cart, and they were equally surprised. And uh, just he said, "This is for us." You know, he was just like he he was just like stunned by the whole thing. Um, the story of that golf cart is that um, that golf cart, after a couple of days, they said they were using it, and it was blowing a lot of oil. And so they said, there's something wrong with the engine. We had a mechanic work on it all day, and he can't fix it. So we said, okay. We loaded it up, brought it back to, back to Ohio. We got back to Ohio, and uh, someone looked at it, and they said, well, what happened was when you f- the dipstick goes into a rubber grommet or something, you've got to push really hard. They didn't push it hard, so when they took a, a measure of the oil, it come up that it needed oil, but it didn't need oil. So they poured oil in this thing. Eventually, the oil went into the muffler, and so when they started up, it just burnt, looked like it burning oil. It's just smoking like you were killing insects. So they, when we got it up here, why they just drove it and burned the oil out of the muffler, and they said it's fine. So, so when Bob goes back in October with food for the other mission, he's going to take the golf cart back down, so... So anyway, so they were blessed. <laughs> um, this is what we got. That's the deck on the trailer when we got there. That's the old deck. That other stuff green down there is poison ivy, mostly. Um, that's me with a rake trying to stay clear of the poison ivy. The the fellow, there was a fellow with us from the mission, and he was in there with his bare hands, Joyce, pulling poison ivy out. He was just pulling this stuff out with, with his bare hands. He's, oh, I don't get this stuff. And he's just pulling it out. I wasn't quite that brave. I used a rake. And when we got to the deck, as you can see up there, um, we took a chainsaw to it. And we, we cut that off the side of the house. And there were some bolts. And we, we took that off. After day one, this is what it looked like. Um, the, the, the trailer set on a hill about like that. So everything was kind of like walking on a hill to get to it. Um, it looks fairly flat there. Trust me, it wasn't. Um, that was after the first day. Um, Danny Gundy had cut all those pieces to to fit. And so we hauled them all down there in pieces, and we just put the pieces together like a big puzzle and uh, got it together. And uh, that was the first day. There's the second day. There's Bob and... and uh, uh, Mark standing by the finished the finished deck, um, you know, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but we just put a really nice deck on a kind of an old trailer. <laughs> that deck's going to last a lot longer than the trailer. When we were done, Bob Carpenter crawled up and looked on the on the roof, and he says, "You know, if we don't paint that roof, 
it's going to be gone in a couple years. So we've already got the roof painted. We, we said, you know what, just get the roof painted and we'll take care of it. So we went ahead and they got the roof painted a couple weeks ago because there's no sense. Now, the, see those blocks underneath? Okay, those kind of hold the, the trailer up. Well, they hold the trailer up. They're all kind of, some of them are kind of tipping on an angle. So we figured if we put this trailer in really good, it would kind of hold, or the deck really good, it would kind of hold the trailer up on the mountain there. <laughs> that's what, that was kind of our thought. And I think, I think maybe that's true. Um, so, um, you know, we completed uh, the work in a couple days. Um, everything went well. There's 11 steps, 11 steps to get from where at the bottom to up on the deck. Okay, and this lady who, the, uh, let's see if I got her, I think. There's, there's the steps, 11 steps. We, we had to get some extra lumber. That was about a 40-minute drive over the mountain to get lumber and to bring it back. This is the lady that we did that we did the project for, Dallas Smith. She's a grandmother. She has two two grandchildren that she's putting through a Christian school by cleaning at the Christian school. And so this is the lady. She was just very, very thankful. We didn't actually get to meet her. This is a picture that Connie sent to us. And she was just uh, blessed to have us do that project. She said her grandsons like to go out and just sit on the deck. They just like to sit on I have a feeling now. This is just a gut feeling. It could be nicer on the deck than inside. That's just my kind of my my thought. Um, so one day, Mary, Mary and I and um, I think Linda went too. Didn't you go that day? Yeah, Linda, Mary, and I. We we went with Connie and delivered food. <coughs> and this is one of the homes we delivered to. Now it's a it's not a bad looking home. Now to get to that home, we come off of a little road. And then we went across this bridge, a concrete bridge. It was pretty long. Maybe maybe the bridge was not quite as wide as this room, but it's just a, a one-lane concrete bridge with little bumpers on the side. I mean, you you had to go straight. After we got off of that, we got onto a, just a two-lane stone road path. And we drove about a half a mile back, and there was this house back there. And this older couple and and their son lived back there. And after we... After we gave him the food and we carried it, we had to carry it off the road and up those steps and handed it to him. But after we did that, we had to go back a little way. We couldn't turn around. There was nowhere to turn around. We had to go back. We drove back in a little further and found a flat spot. And then we turned around and went back out. So um, Connie, when she delivers food, the lady that we support with the food in, in the fall and spring, she gives food to the elderly, poor, and the disabled. Okay, so she's pretty much committed to that group of people that she she helps the elderly disabled and or the elderly and disabled at this home there was two elderly people and a disabled son okay and uh and you just you can see the you can see the need that's that's there <clears throat> this is the group that went um that's connie on the right way the far our right and on the left is connie's sister then the rest of us are are in the middle there in the group. Uh, we, Paula and uh, Paula and Jenny and Mike, they painted the the walls and the ceiling of this room. Now this room is, I mean, there's just a part of the room, but it's it's a very large room, and they they painted all that for her. And uh, those tables there, that's where we sat. We were in a kitchen, and we had about three sixteen foot or eight foot tables. We would just sit. And one of the best things about being down there 
is being able to sit at the table and take time when you're done eating and just visit. You know, something you never, th- you know, something we don't do anymore. You know, and I think that's part of what it's a real draw to me. I love going down there, and I think that's what I like about it. It's just ease and comfort as opposed to where I was this week. You know, you know, there's such a contrast. You know, I'll tell you a little bit about my trip to Washington. But there's such a contrast between Washington, D.C. and down there. It's like night and day. Well, my my preference is down there. I, I don't know. It's just me. But that's uh, that's kind of my preference. And those are the shelves we put up in the, she has another big room in a, another building where she keeps all her food and, and all the items she passes out to the folks down there. We put up another section just like that, organized all of her stuff and put it all together. And when we was done, she cried. And you know, you don't think much about it, but she cries. She says, I never could have done this. She says, I don't know how to organize. You know, and you, you think, wow. But she said, I just don't know how to organize. And, you know, she just, she just, because when Bob talked about taking these shelves down there, she said, oh, no, I don't think I really need them. She didn't know what she needed them for. But when she got everything on the shelf, she went, oh, this is good. So, so that was neat. That was just, that was just neat, seeing all that. Okay, um, I want to share a scripture with you. And, and sometimes this is hard to, hard to remember or hard to maybe get a concept, but in Matthew, in Matthew, the 10th chapter, the 40th verse, it says, he who receives you receives me. And he who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet receives a prophet's reward. And he, shall, he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. I hope you understand that, you know, when we go down there, that we're partaking in what she does. We're a part of what she does. Now, whether you go down or not, whether you support it or give or encourage, you become a part of that. And so, you know, it's, and and I really start, really hope we get a grip on the body of Christ is not just us. That we're a part of other people. We're a part of her down there ministering to those folks. Whether you never go, whether you go or don't go, you're still a part of that. Now, I don't know what, the, you know, the Bible says that you get the reward, and, and I don't know, I just know that it says that. I don't know what the reward is, you know, um, whatever it is, whatever it is. But because we help her and partake and contribute to what she does, that, you know, we're a part of that. We're a part of that. And, and so I think it's just really really important to understand what that means and and your prayers are so important you know and your prayers for us while we were gone were important because we had a transmission go out on one car on a curvy road going up a hill and you know down there you know i was in the car mary linda and connie no that was barb the four of us they had to go to the dollar general that was where that's the only place to shop so anyway i said well i'll show you where the, we fixed this deck and on the way back the car went out on a hill and just stopped. I mean, we're out on the highway and you couldn't move. It's done. You couldn't back up. You could, you could, you know, you didn't want to go back down the hill because it went down around a curve like this. And so anyway, so I jumped out and I said, well, I'm going to stop traffic. That was my first thought is get the traffic stopped from coming around. And so I did. I started, you know, stopping traffic and they called 911 and 
you know, and then they couldn't tell them where we were because, you know, Barb, I don't know where we are. We're out here on a curve. <laughs> and, you know, so it was quite an ordeal. So I'm just stopping traffic. Everybody was really good. Finally, a young man came with a tow rope, pulled him off the road, and then a tow truck came. But, you know, that was, you know, that's kind of a big deal. It's important people pray. The next day, we we went with Connie to deliver food, and we had a flat tire. She made a big turn, and I saw this tile about this big underneath the road, underneath the driveway, and I... <laughs> I just didn't have time to yell. I went inside. I went, oh, no. And she hit it and sliced a tire, had a flat tire, you know, called AAA just for your information, called AAA and two of them turned her down. (laughs) So, you know, that's kind of interesting. I don't know if that's up here if they do that or not, but she's down there. She called two places that now we aren't coming. So eventually we changed it ourselves. But anyway, so prayers are important. Don't ever underestimate the need to pray. You know, we pray, we pray. Um, I want to share just a little bit, just a, just not very much about um, our trip to Washington, D.C. Mary and I just went to Washington. Um, we went with a group called Wall Builders. They have pastors. They invite pastors to come in, and, and uh, we get to tour the Capitol for two hours one evening, and that's just a, a, it's a neat tour. Um, what we do is we walk around the Capitol, and he tells us the Christian history behind a lot of things in the capital capital you know that our founding fathers had a lot of christian influence and it, it was it was in their minds uh they shared one story about ben franklin he they you know he seemed like he wasn't really a christian but he said in one of his letters people need to go to church you know you know back then even though he he i don't know if he went or not but you know he said people need to go to church because we need those kind of people so even even the influence was there. But um, so we did that in the evening. And then the next day, we listened to Christian senators and congressmen. And they come in and they for about a for. Oh, they probably each talk maybe 20 minutes or so. We probably listened to 10 of them. Um, some of them who were who were very prominent, some who I never heard of. But what I, I want to share a couple of things that are some of the things they said. One of the things they, they looked these pastors, 140 of them, they looked them right in the eye and they said, we can't change the country. You can. You know, sometimes we think if we elect people and we send them to Congress, or we send them there, that they're going to make everything better. And they said, no. Only the Word of God and preaching and teaching the Word of God can change hearts. We can't do that. So they, they, they kind of said, you know, that we're here and we're a reflection of our country. So when you don't like politicians... And you don't like the people up there. It's a reflection of who we are. Okay, so you just kind of, you know, kind of, you know, kind of when they look you right in the eye and they say, well, the future of the country is up to the Christians and if they pray and share and speak. He says, you got to speak up. You got to speak up. We can't just sit back and let the world go whichever way we want. It's up to us. We have responsibility. One, one gentleman from, I think he was from Alabama, he says, I want you to know, he says, the battles in this, in this Congress and the Senate, he says, they're not political, they're spiritual. And we, we, so we can get, you know, you listen to the news all the time, you start to think it's all political, and you start to, you start to get caught up in all that. But he says, it's spiritual. And he says, that means you've got to pray. You've got to pray. You've got to pray for our country, pray for our leaders. Um. One of them said that 4% of millennials, millennials are the younger, I don't know what, how old they are, 20 to 
35 or something. I don't know. They're in that group somewhere. 4% of millennials have a Christian worldview. 4%. 4% have a Christian worldview that they see the Bible as some kind of standard and truth. That's not very many. That's not very many. Um, there's, there's work to do. There's work to do. I believe, I believe somebody there said, you know, one thing about millennials, he says, they just want you to sit and listen to them and talk to them. He says they're very open to talking. He says the problem is nobody's talking to them. Or somebody is, but he says the Christians need to be talking to them. And he said if you want to if you want to have talk to them, have influence, he says you can invite them to church, but they're probably not going to come. He says take them out to McDonald's or do something Take them somewhere. Take them somewhere to eat. He says, then you can talk all you want. I just thought that's really interesting. Really interesting. And I wonder sometimes as Christians, you know, I think, you know, from my perspective, we're still living 40 or 50 years ago in the church. We still think people are just going to want to come to church. You know, because we're a church. Well, it's Sunday. You've got to get it through our heads that people don't want to go to church. They don't wake up on Sunday morning saying, oh, I think I should go to church. That's not even in their thought process. So for us to think that they're going to come because we're here is not going to happen. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's good because maybe it's good that maybe we're to a point we need to realize that, you know, we've got to go and share the gospel. They're not going to come. As a matter of fact, Jesus never said that. He says, go ye therefore. He didn't say build a building and expect them all to come. He said go. And where do we go? We go where they're at. We got to go where they're at. We go where they are. And wherever they are is where we get to share. And so I think the church needs to really do a lot of thinking about, you know, how do we win the people? How do we win the world? And it's not by just having them come to church, but we got to go where they are and we got to share. And when we go to Kentucky, when we go to Kentucky, I don't, we didn't get, we didn't get opportunity to share with anybody personally, but we had an opportunity to encourage and support somebody else that's sharing. So, you know, there's different ways of reaching people. You know, most of our projects were work projects. Um, Bob and I got to preach on Sunday morning. Um, which was, you know, was good. It was enjoyable for me. Bob Carpenter got to sing, and he did a uh, little, well, he sang for an hour and a half and shared for an hour and a half Sunday evening. So that was just, those were good times where we did get to share. But as far as actually sharing the gospel, you know, when we go to Kentucky, it's to support somebody else that's sharing the gospel. Because, you know, I would think, and I'm guessing a little bit, but, you know, this lady's down there. Her mom and dad started this mission. And she's, you know, 65 maybe. And she's kind of, you know, she's on the backside of the mountain. The other day I, at Washington, D.C., I met some guys from Hazard, Kentucky. <laughs> I went, Hazard, Kentucky, man, I know where that's at. And they kind of went, you do? I go, yeah, we were down by Harlan. And they said, oh, oh, you were down in, you were way down there. And you were in that part where it's a little bit different. Somebody told Diana, I believe told that group, that uh, there's no law enforcement on that side of the mountain. They don't come over there. 
think about that. They don't come over there? Why don't they come over there? So the head of the mission carries his own concealed weapon. You know, so I say all that to say, you know, those folks are pretty much out there. I don't know how much they feel supported. Talking to Connie, I had a sense that sometimes she feels lonely and isolated. And so I think it's important that she's doing what God's called her to do there. And we have an opportunity to support her and be there to encourage her. That's mainly why we go, to encourage her. And uh, you know, there's different kinds of missions, all kinds of missions in the world. But our greatest mission is those around us. I, I, our greatest mission is those around us. I'm not sure if we're winning that mission like we should. You know, it's almost easier to go to Kentucky and come home. It's almost easier to send money and come home. Not that we shouldn't do that than it is to share with my neighbor across the street. You know, and I think as a church, we just need to remember our mission is those around us. Our mission is people that we come in contact with every day. That's, that's our mission. That's what God, and everybody qualifies. Isn't that neat? You know, you, you know, everybody qualifies. You know, you just have to be willing to share and, you know, just speak because I think in our country, and it just starts wherever we have opportunity, but in our country, I believe it's going to get more, it's going to get critical. Probably is critical. I don't know how critical. You know, things kind of go up and down. I'm hoping things might get better, you know. Um, if they don't get better, I think Christians are in for a hard time. I think another, another generation is going to be changing fast. It's going to be changing fast, and it could be a hard time not as acceptable, you know, being a Christian. So um, we just need to pray, keep praying, share where we have opportunity, do what we can, you know. You can look at it two ways. You know, you can look at it like, oh, it looks hopeless. You know, it's not hopeless. There is hope, but we have responsibility. You know, it's not just like, well, I hope it gets better. Well, there's hope, but it's dependent upon God's people to do what he's called us to do. So let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for opportunities we have to share. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to go to Kentucky and, and to encourage and share with those down there. And Lord, just help us remember that your, the mission field's around us. Lord, help us to see the needs and the lost world that's around us, people that need you. Lord, help us to be willing to share and to know that you'll give us the words and you'll help us to do that. So, Lord, we just thank you for that. We thank you for all that you do for us. We thank you for, for all those that do share, Lord. And we just pray you did encourage us to be faithful to you. Lord, I just pray if anyone has a need for prayer this morning, if there's anything that they would like our prayer team to pray for them about, that you would encourage them to come up and, and let them pray with them about whatever, whatever need they might have. Lord, we just thank you for that. We ask you to be with us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen.